Uh, I am Bams, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. So previously, you had set up some recording equipment in a soon-to-be-renovated building when you were contacted by your coterie mate, Jimmy, to help him with a thing. Uh, yes, I was. Then you went off and did said thing, and it was a very, say, interesting evening, to say the least. Uh, to say the least. You guys kind of broke up a little bit. I'm sure you're keeping an eye on where your new friend goes, and went back to do some, well, some Nosferatu business from what you mentioned to me. That is correct. I have to finish reading the book. And I also have a telephone that I must download the information from and destroy. Yeah, there's going to be some things about what you're going to find as you go through the book. But what you will find is that it's a journal of sorts of the previous prince who, at the time of his questionable disappearance, was going by Samuel Cartwright. But it's a little bit of a a journal slash living will of plans and things. Much of it is long since outdated as he was a, a very old kindred. But in make, making your copies, scanning it, are you just making copies? I'm going to digitize it. I want to make sure I have electronic copy. Are you also making a additional physical copy or just scanning it? That depends on how fine my handwriting is. At the end, more or less says that in the event of his meeting of the final death, it is his wish for his child, you know, as, as the current prince, is Prince Catherine, to be given a sum of money. It goes into things like percentages, it's hard to say how much money that would be, but it's sizable. Just because they were a Ventru, their child is obviously also a Ventru, and Ventru have deep pockets. And for them to be banished to a city of their choice to make their own fortune as he had to. Kind of like when you catch a kid smoking and you make them smoke the whole pack. Yeah, this is very exciting. Clearly, clearly, this last will and testament has not been followed. Clearly. But somebody sent you, presumably, after this. And presumably, or at least I'm going to presume that Arthur presumes that it was Carol Jackson, the harpy, because who else would get Jimmy to do something for free? Uh, there is a long list of people. That could get Jimmy to do something for free. <laughs> she just happens to be at the top of it. She is at the top of this list, yes. Obviously, there is significantly more information in here that cannot be simply exposited upon, and we can revisit it at a later date, especially as you're keeping a digital copy. Uh, yes, this is so. But what is your immediate plans here? Uh, the immediate plan is while this whole file is being digitized, 
I am going to download the contents of the cellular phone we have taken off of the security guard. I will look at his identification. I don't even know his name. Are you going to plan on trying to do anything with it, or do you just want it for completionists? It is information. That is all. Sure. So you can get his name, his contact book, his basic information, his Facebook stuff. It is nothing really impressive or incriminating, I guess is the other word. Well, this is good, but the cellular phone still must go bye-bye. I will depower it, remove the SIM card, I will bash it with a rock. I want to make sure it is entirely non-functional. For someone like you that is good with technology, not a problem to do. Did you have any other plans for this evening, or is it just finish this work and then be overtaken by the day's sleep and see what that brings you? Well, the chores must be done, so I must remove the security guard and process him as I am wont to do. Mm -hmm. I will complete the processing of the journal of the phone, and then I will schedule my next podcast to be released. And also, I must be sure to check my transmissions from my security devices that are placed throughout the domain and just outside of said domain. When do they kind of auto-schedule the download? I try to set it around shift changes because when there are bursts of activity via phone and internet, that is the best time to send them because it is hidden in the noise. So generally, I will have a download waiting for me when I wake up. I will generously term this bedtime reading. And then the third transmission happens when I am asleep. And so it will be there when I wake up as well. So the morning paper is the large one. A thing that you will notice in your nighttime download, the one that you are reading before you go to bed as you lay there and scroll through it, the ones that you have recently placed in that new building, the one that you've recently gussied up, you will see a car pull up, a couple of people get out, and then begin to do some graffiti, both on the building side of the road and across the street. It's hard to see with these cameras from where they are placed and just distance and lighting and stuff to see details of it, but there's fresh graffiti there. A curious thing you will notice is after they are done with the graffiti across the street, the people that were doing it go away. And then a nice black SUV comes up and parks between your camera and the fresh graffiti and sits there for several minutes. Interesting. After about 20 minutes or so, you will see a light come out of the car, a large figure come out of the vehicle, walk over, stand there for a moment, and then get back in the vehicle, and the vehicle will drive off. Later, you will see a spike in said audio, rolling back the recording, and listening, you will hear a single gunshot very close by. Hmm. 
Well, I will take a still photograph of the very large man and his very large automobile. Mm -hmm. Uh, What part of the evening was it? It was in the later evening. I want to say it was like midnight-ish, like that kind of time period. But those are the thoughts that you are left with as you fall into the day sleep. And for vampires, it's more like a day blank because you are dead and then you are active again. Well, it does raise an important philosophical question of whether or not vampires dream. It is my thought that we do, but we never remember it when we wake up. Maybe. Part of the curse. To never remember your dreams. Something poetic about it is, you know, it's like, oh, it's now symbolic of you never having dreams or aspirations. Oh, I have dreams and aspirations. But not being able to see them when I sleep is somewhat disconcerting. But that is neither here nor there. I should make a podcast about it. No, I cannot make a podcast about that. I'm not supposed to talk about the dead. What is on Arthur's plate for this evening? I believe that Arthur will be following up upon the gunshot. He is going to check his morning newspaper. He is going to focus on the new building that he has bugged. He will then focus on any news or developments at the self-storage location that they were at the night before. So just like some Googling and seeing what's up? Yes. You won't find information about somebody being shot through like some of the, the police stuff that there was a body that was found in the area that you would expect your microphones to be able to pick things up on. Looking a little bit more into the details, you're going to find out that that was around the time of the gunshot. Is there presumed time of death? As I have found evidence that there is a body and that I'm going to have to investigate further, what information can I find about the building itself? Anything that would be in public record, which would be who owns it? Date of last purchase. You will find out that it has recently been purchased by a local church group. There is a Father Charles Santiago that has recently come to the area and is, with him coming, brought an influx of money, purchased the building to bring it into a new community center. When you start looking, you'll see pictures of the building. You'll see one with a big banners that's got a different man's face. You'll be able to find Father Santiago's face. But it says Father Todd, who you know, you can follow up some links here, is the head of one of the local area churches. Obviously not for the whole city, because that's a lot, but for this lower southern side of the city, he is one of the head priests. Ah. I did not think religion would make a comeback in this day and age. And somebody has been murdered on their doorstep. Yes, this does bear investigation. So that's your plan for this evening? Yes. Investigate this building. I will ensure that the book that I have taken from Jimmy is secure in a place that none of them know about. And can't trust them. I do not trust anybody. 
unfortunately, you get a little hungrier. A little voice tries to convince you that instead of looking for clues and information, that maybe you should look for something to eat instead. I have leftovers in the fridge. You going to take a little snack with you as you go? Yes, I will take my lunchbox with me. You will be free to eat that at your leisure, as you have a little bit of walking to do. Coming up on the 2B community center that you have recently bugged up, you will see the big banner outside of it, which was there the other day, but you didn't have any real context or reason to give it anything more than, oh, there's a new community center, let me get my my stuff. However, this evening, it is now covered in dicks and fire, and he's got devil horns and an evil mustache, and it's just, in a very juvenile fashion, has been painted up and tagged all over. Just because it is juvenile does not mean it is not art. And so I will take a picture of it in order to immortalize it forever. I wish to investigate the area of the gunshot. Sure. You're going to find several very obvious things. Police tape, of course. Down around the corner, you're going to see that there is a cop car that is sitting there that is clearly keeping an eye on the area. It doesn't have its lights flashing or anything, but it's there. You're invisible, though, eh, so who cares? Going in, you will see a chalk outline, and you will see a couple of chalk circles on the ground. Taking a look around, you're not going to see... There's no, like, gun-shaped evidence circle. They drew the dude. They drew a couple of little spots together, which presumably when they were here, they had little cards next to them that they were investigating. They would take their pictures, and they would document their evidence. Things that you find very curious is that away from where the body is, there is found a pool of blood, but there is no connecting drips or trails. And looking at it, it doesn't look like it came out sideways from somebody. It looks as though you have perhaps been here before, as you are kindred. Somebody leaned over and vomited blood on the ground. That is very curious. You will also find, as you're looking around, you can see where the guy's body was. You can see where the blood was. You look out the alleyway. There's a telephone pole across the road. You wander over, and as you check out the telephone pole, you're going to see that there's a little hole that has some scorch marks around it. That is the size of hole that a like a one-handed pistol like a would make. Maybe a revolver, maybe something on the bigger side, but... Wait a moment. If the bullet impact is here in this telephone pole, and there is a dead man who is uh, very rapidly becoming less and less delicious... Well, the man's not there, just as outline. Well, yes, 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 but I'm, 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 I'm working this out, you see. Because... This is far enough away that it could not have passed through this man. So whoever fired the gunshot missed. Somebody has vomited blood. There was a body. There was additional holes of, of evidence. Which could have been just blood drops. 
something along those lines. I can always put my nose to the test. You could definitely do that. Some of the little ones will look like blood, but if somebody dies and they're slumped kind of against the wall like you find here, you would expect to find more blood. Or they were beaten to death with some kind of blunt instrument, which even that, you know, if you crack somebody across the face with a baseball bat, they're going to spit blood and teeth out. None of that seems to to really be here. But putting the nose to the test, you will see that these are little tiny droplets of blood, but not as much as you would expect for a murder scene. If this is a murder scene, it could just be an animal attack. It, it could be. Now, if I were to stand where the dead man stood, or sat, or lie, and I were to face the area where the telephone pole was with the bullet mark in it, where does the blood vomit sit across that line? Body in the alley, come out of the alley, vomit, cross the street, telephone pole. And the bullet hole that you found does not have a chalk circle around it. No, because they did not find it, because they are mortals. I will not be surprised if somebody paid them off in order to just say, eh, he died of natural causes. Maybe I'll go to the police station later and find the evidence room. This has taken you a couple of hours because you got to walk there, you got to investigate things, and you got to look around. Yes, I will take my pictures. I will put things away. The amount of blood that is gone. I will assume that the perpetrators are not mortal. Because if I were trying to hide a body and I had drained it of blood, I too would mask it with a gunshot and leave the body in the alleyway. What do I know about vomiting blood? A couple of things you know is that some vampires, Ventrum in particular, are very picky about the blood that they consume. Where if they consume the wrong kind of blood, they vomit it back up. That one's pretty easy. It's rare for non-Ventru to have that problem. Thin bloods are weird, so who knows? Maybe a thin blood attempted to feed on somebody, but things went wrong, and it vomited it back up. Or it's possible that there could have been something off with the blood. Anything from Maybe it was like werewolf blood or other supernatural blood or somebody put a a curse or a spell on them or obscure stuff. Nothing that you could get specifically from this situation without having more information on who it was or what happened. It could very easily be that they were just a venture that feeding went wrong or they were trying to cover it up and... That wasn't their preferred taste. It will be a far-flung possibility, but I would like to try to see if I can get a sample of the vomited blood and try and compare it against the blood stains that I have found next to the, the quote-unquote chalk outline of the body. Would you carry the kind of equipment you need to, to do that? Are you looking for anything? Like, what specific aspects of it are you are you looking at here? I cannot do blood typing. I can just taste it and say, yes, this is blood. No, this is not blood. Taste it? Uh, I'll give it a good sniff. I don't want to taste it. 
why would you lap from a mud puddle when you can go to the faucet and get some water, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yes and no. There are parts of what you, from the puddle, that match with the other blood, the splatter blood. But there's also some other blood that is mixed in with the puddle blood from some other source, given as it's a significant time later, and who knows what the the cops and forensics have sprayed it with or done with it. or If it was fresh, maybe. The important question has been answered. Is somebody has eaten this man's blood and then thrown it back up, and there is something else mixed within it, which does further suggest that he was vampire-related. It's a very good hypothesis. Was there an outline of the gun next to the body? No. You didn't see any gun-specific outline. It could have been on him, like in his lap or something like that, or somebody else could have taken it, or who knows. Very well. Let us discuss this police car. Is there somebody inside it? Yep, it is facing the alleyway, and it is clearly occupied by a singular person. And this police car, does it have the police computer in it? Most police cars do. Hmm. I am possessed by the incessant need to bug the police computer. There are several obstacles in your way. Yes. What are those obstacles? Well, for one, it's inside the vehicle. Uh, yes, this is immaterial. What is the next obstacle? There is a person who would very much not want you to mess with said computer. Yes, but he cannot see me. What is next? While he cannot see you, if you were to try to get into the vehicle, that would almost assuredly raise his suspicions. That is That is a good point, so... The easiest way to do this is to ensure the man gets out of the car. How would you like to ensure that this man gets out of the car? Oh, the easiest way to ensure the man gets out of the car is to pop a tire. Oh, I'm sure you're just the kind of person to carry around a very useful multi-tool or something like that. Yes, this is so. Uh, how else am I supposed to break into a place if I don't have a multi-tool that's going to be used as a tension device? I have a pair of pliers, and the easiest way is not to just Stab the tire, because that will seem weird. No. What I shall do is I shall go to the tire that is opposite of the driver's side in the back. Mm -hmm. And I am going to unscrew the valve stem cap and use my pliers to remove the valve stem core. Then I will put the valve stem cap back on. This ensures that the tire will flatten. It will be likely he does not know why it has been flattened. And as he is confused and trying to figure this out, I will be inside the car, bugging the computer, and then I will leave. These are all very interesting ideas, because it's not like you're running up against the sun coming up or something along those lines. So you can just wait for the... How long would a tire take to deflate in that method? <laughs> Less than five minutes. You perform your vehicular surgery here, and then... Five minutes go by. Ten minutes goes by. Takes him a while. Maybe he was asleep. But 
after a couple of minutes, he wakes up, lights come on inside. You will see him pop open that door. And you see him looking at the car in a confused state. And he will, because he's not going to leave the car just open, he will shut the door and begin to walk around the car to figure out what's going on. Well, this is a good thing. I will wait until he has seen his flat tire, and then I will see what he will do. He'll walk around, he'll look at him and be like, what the fuck? He's clearly confused. He does that thing where he pulls his hat off and rubs his head with his other hand and is just looking at it and is like, son of a bitch. Uh, I assume that you're listening to him because you can be right behind him. Oh, yes, I can. He'll reach over to his shoulder radio and be like, hey, this is car, whatever. I'm watching at address. I've got a flat, so I'm going to need somebody to come out here and replace me. I'm going to switch to a donut and then take this back to get serviced. Find out what's going on. And you'll hear dispatch come back. It's like, yeah, there should be somebody there in 20 minutes or so. Wait, he is going to switch it to a donut himself? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. This is this is all going according to plan. I am going to position myself near the rear of the car and wait for him to open the trunk. Shortly thereafter, he puts his hat back on, he pulls out his cell phone and sends a text message and puts that away. And then he'll walk back over to the trunk, lift it, and then lean inside. As he leans inside, I will push him in and I will close the trunk door. The good news is that he has no idea and no way of knowing that you are there. So it's easy to get yourself ready. He goes in there. He's reaching around for tire iron, jack. You just grab him around the knees and shins, lift. There's a... In he goes. Slam goes the trunk. No time to waste. I am going to open the car door. I am going to bug that computer. Say, does he have a shotgun in this car? He does. It's, of course, locked in the middle. I am going to reactivate my stealthy skills because these vehicles tend to have dash cams on the inside and out. You know, a piece of gum is a ultimate piece of tradecraft material. And so I will put some gum upon it and then I will go clickety-clack. I will bug this uh, computer and if there is anything that is currently in there about this location and this crime scene, I am going to take a look at it and maybe click a picture with my phone. They could take a little bit of time. And you do know that another car is coming by in like 20, 25 minutes or so. Oh, it would be less time now because I did not take his radio nor his phone. You can definitely feel the car shifting a little bit because somebody in the trunk does not want to be in the trunk. Yes. Bugging the computer is the most important piece of the goal that I wish to accomplish. So it's going to take you a couple of minutes because this is an awkward situation. You got to take a moment to gum up the dash cam. You got to finagle things. And, you know, as you're trying to operate delicate pieces of technology, the car is shifting and moving. But you will be able to get a little transmitter jumped in there. Excellent. I will put a second one underneath the driver's seat. 
just like hooked up to the seat itself, yes. If I can get it underneath where the springs are, that is where I'll put it. I will leave the door open, take my gum with me, and I'm going to get the hill out. Are you shutting shutting the door after yourself? No, I will keep the door open. And then I will maintain a small distance to see what happens next, because this has been pretty funny. A few minutes later, that second car will come up. It doesn't have its sirens going, but its lights are going. And it's coming pretty quickly down the opposite side of the street. But as it gets closer, it slows down and it comes to a stop. You can see that the cop car that you were in has stopped shaking around so much. Somebody has probably tired them out. Two guys will get out of the new cop car. They'll come around. They'll look at it and look around to see nobody around because they clearly can't see you. The two guys will come up to the trunk. One of them will give it a thudding. You can hear a thudding back. And then the two guys that just arrived both start laughing to each other because as you find this hilarious, so do they. There are things that transcend death. And after a couple of minutes, you'll hear a loud talking, a loud shouting to just, like, release it from inside. They look at each other like, yeah, he probably should have tried that. And the one guy comes around, he sits in the driver's side, and he pulls the release and the trunk opens, and your friend comes out, and he's pissed, and he's looking around, he doesn't see anybody, and then they break into just conversation about, like, what happened, what's going on. The guy that was in the driver's seat that popped the trunk gets out, shuts the door, and they have a small conversation where he's like, what happened? Sitting in the car, I noticed it was felt a little weird. Get out, tires flat. It's weird. I, I call in. And then when I'm going into the trunk, somebody comes from nowhere and throws me in it. they start giving him shit about it with like came from nowhere and they look around and there's nobody around here there are places to hide for people that are stealthy and sneaky but at the same time it's the middle of the night you're on a stakeout duty it's crazy to have somebody throw you into a trunk It is indeed crazy. It is so crazy, I would expect Mischief to do this. She would love this story when she wakes up. Probably. Probably. You do know that it will be weird when they get the car back and they look at the tire to try and find the leak, that they find that it will have no stem in it. That'll be weird, so they'll know somebody did something. But But that dashing and handsome man will never be found. They take a minute to change the tire, and then the manipulated car goes off, and the other two guys hang out. Well, that is the replacement. I do not think I need to mess with them now. In the future, I will be sure to take a can of spray paint with me in case I need to spray paint some dicks upon something that I have bugged. Do you have anything else that you wanted to look into? Um. I think at this time I'll go back to the Haven. I need to do some research on the big men. I need to do some research on the man that was killed. And then I need to read that book some more. 
and I may need to make a few calls in regards to vampire. Excuse me. Vampire is such a nasty word. Into kindred activity near the borders of a domain. We will montage a few days. I assume you put out a call to your neighboring Nosferatu friends. I did indeed. The book is interesting because it's, I don't know how much Arthur is into history, but it is a well-kept personal view of many events through history. This seems to be, at least where this started, was like 150 years ago, as to whether or not there was a previous edition, Mulksai. Hard to say. You will find out over the next couple of days, as you wait to get your Nosferatu meeting, that the man who died was Father Charles Santiago. Santiago is dead already? Already. Well, well. Who does that leave in charge? He wasn't in charge, so the Father Todd guy is the local area person that is in charge. This guy just came in, and coming in with him was a pile of money to remodel and update this community center. A pile of money? Mm-hmm. I wonder if I follow it, which venture will I find? Who knows? Mm, maybe my Nosferatu friends know. Speaking of your Nosferatu friends, what kind of hoops does Arthur need to jump through to get a meeting with you? Since he is a Nosferatu, he wouldn't have to jump through too many. But given where he lives, he would have to make a request. He couldn't just show up. Well, that wouldn't be a problem. A request I will make for a meeting. And I will grant it. Where would you like this meeting to take place? Where does he have to meet you to, to get his answers? In the basement of a telecommunications hub building, like a switch station. I like those places. It's a relatively big room with what amounts to banks of computer servers and switches and things like that. But there's only two desks in the area which are not occupied this time of night. Fairly well lit, quite cool, and I will be sitting behind one of the desks. Who are you and what do you look like? I am Abishai, uh, Nasratu Baron. Looks a lot like Slenderman. Extraordinarily tall, very thin, very pale. Probably seven feet tall, but his arms and legs are disproportionate. His body is actually normally sized, but very long limbs. Also very long fangs. Very dark hair, slicked straight back. Arthur will enter. He has been given permission from the rest of the barony to enter. As he does so, he will offer a deep bow. I will nod. Uh, Baron, yes. First off, let me say it is a pleasure to see you again, and thank you for 
approving this meeting. I, I do have some questions, and I may have some information to share. Very well. What would you like to know? I would like to know if you have any records of kindred activity around the borders of the domain in which I and the Coterie reside. Potentially venture in nature. And this would be in relation to a certain police call. This is in regarding to a police call that was made several days ago in that area. I have not heard of any new kindred activity in that area. Nothing in particular. Are you suspicious of something? (laughs) Ah, Baron, of course, I am suspicious. I am suspicious of everything. That is wise. Tell me, Baron, what do you know of the police call that happened there some days ago near this new community center that they are building? I know that they were called out to a gunshot. Father Santiago was found dead, but he was apparently killed not by gunfire. Yes. I would like to confirm for you that uh, he did not die by gunshot because I found the gunshot and it came from his direction and went out of the alley and across the street until it found the final impact. Now, the truly curious thing that I have known and the information I wish to share with you is that I found evidence of his blood at the end of the alley mixed with another's blood as if it had been vomited, which sounds to me like somebody did not like the taste of their prey. And so I come to you, Baron. The head Nosferatu in the city, who knows everything that is worth knowing. But if you do not know if there was kindred in the city at that time, in that area, then that does raise another question. What question is that? What kindred are in the area that the Anarchs and the Camarilla are unaware of? What other factions might be in play? As you well know, our society is fraught with conflict and factions. This city in and of itself has more than enough to confuse anyone on what's going on. This could have been a minor conflict between two kindred. Could be the beginning of a full-blown jihad. I do not like that word, jihad. It means too many of us die the final death. Yes, it's never a good thing. I have heard rumors that I'm investigating. Sounds like I need to put a little more resources in that direction. Rumors, you say? Yeah, there's possibly some new people in your neck of the woods, but nothing confirmed as of yet, which makes me wonder, why do you choose to stay with that punk that you deal with over there? Oh, you mean Baron Barkalounger? 
He lets me do what I wish. He does not ask questions, as I am sure you are aware of my particular feeding habits. That is a great boon to someone like me. I can see the advantages there. You being in his domain does make my life a bit easier. But know that you are Brother Nosferatu, and Baron Barkalounder, as you call him, is, well, Nosferatu, he is not worthy of any trust. Indeed, my Baron, which is why I do not trust him. But I feed him just enough tithes to keep him happy and upon his couch. And as a result, I am mostly aware of all goings-on within the domain, which is highly useful in our line of work. Very much so. Perini, a, a different question. How much do you know of our prince? I know quite a bit about our prince. Do you have something new to tell me, maybe? Perhaps. Perhaps I do. I realize there are two things going on right now. One, there is somebody who is wishing to engage in activity around my domain. That I will take care of personally. But the thing about the prince is interesting, because it was some nights ago that a member of the coterie, Jimmy, you know Jimmy. Ah, yes. He asked of a small boon of mischief and I to assist him with some acquisitions. And a very particular acquisition came into my possession. I think I would like to have an exact copy of it made. As if the, um, how do you call them? Uh, the scribes of the early 16th and, and 14th centuries had done it by hand. You, Jimmy, and your friends were behind the storage unit. Uh, no, Jimmy was the one responsible for it. Or rather, the person who convinced him to go is the one responsible for it. But, as you know, Jimmy, when he receives such a request, he is unable to refuse. Bonds are hard to break in this world, blood or otherwise. Da. Bonds are often the only thing we have, which is why when Jimmy asks of us a boon, we fulfill it. No questions asked. Well, there were some questions. Anyway, I speak too much of that. Arthur is going to remove a, a small journal from his inner pocket. I have some information to share with you, Baron, that is going to make life in the city very interesting for all of us. And I would wish for all Nosferatu to, to be ahead of the game when this finally comes all crashing down upon us, because it pertains directly to the prince. And I would like to make a copy of this book with some changes, just in case, in order to keep us safe. And I will show him the book. I will take it and just breeze through the highlights of it to see exactly what he's got here. Have you done any highlighting or anything along those lines, or are you going to just let him flip? I'm going to tell him the page of the information in question that you have given me regarding the last will and testament of the former prince of Springfield. And as you take a moment 
to read through the page, you come to the understanding of what this is. Well, this is quite interesting. And you say you want to improve upon this? Improve upon this, I guess we should say? Yes. If there is a way we can improve upon it in order to improve the lot of the Nosphere out in this city, I would like to do this. Otherwise, I will rely on your prodigious knowledge of the current prince to as to make the changes in order to... Hmm. How do you say? Either cement or destroy his position within the city. Well, this is quite the coup for us. Sure, we can make the appropriate changes as needed. It might take a little bit of time to perfect the work, but I'm sure it can be done. Nah. We will be going to the next Elysium, and then after this is when Jimmy's uh, request or has requested the item that uh, she had him go and take from the storage facility, which, incidentally, was the item hiding this book. A quick note on Elysiums. The next mandatory Elysium is Halloween. However, because you are Nosferatu and are connected and know things, you also know that Carol is throwing a small pre-Halloween party Ten days or so before Halloween, where influential kindred or people kindred adjacent will will be at that Carol the Harpy is throwing. Not mandatory, obviously, but who knows? Surely there will be Nosferatu hanging around every corner for interesting gossip. And she wants this before her party, or the official Elysium. Before the official Elysium, the pre-Elysium party we may not be invited to, although Jimmy most definitely will be, given who is throwing said party. Sounds like she's planning to make a big splash at Elysium. That I agree. We should have some of that head our way as well. There is one other matter I wish to investigate, because, again, Baron, you are the Nosferatu who knows everything that is worth knowing in this city. What do you know of the history of a Malkavian called Cheshire? In the basement of a telecommunications hub building, like a switch station. I like those places. I had the idea that there is a handful of payphones scattered around the city that, very John Wick style, although instead of all those switchboard operators, it's actually Nosferatu who are working as operators. And they can be like information drops and that kind of thing. How's that sound to you guys as we world build? Oh, yes. I like switchboard. 